The next few Mishnahis are discussing various activities which one is not allowed to do whilst standing in one domain and doing it in another domain. So in the previous mission we discussed somebody who is standing in a Rosh Hayochid and he just moves something in the Rosh Tarabim, or vice versa. And this mission discusses a person urinating or spitting into another Rosh one is not allowed to stand in a private domain and urinate into a public domain. He is not allowed to stand in a public domain and urinate into a private domain. And similarly, he is not allowed to spit into the other domain. Now the Gemara elaborates that in most scenarios, one is only chayev for transferring something from a domain into another domain if he lifts it up from an area which was at least 4 by 4 tefachim and places it down into an area which is at least 4 by 4 tefachim. Now in this case, the area where it's coming from is not 4 by 4 tefachim. The saliva or the urine does not come from an area which is at least 4 by 4 tefachim. But nevertheless, the Mishnah is saying that it is forbidden, and if you were to do so from one Rosh into another, you would be chayev for having violated a melochem in the Eraisa. The reason being that the rule that it needs to come from a place which is at least 4 by 4 tefachim is only if that's not its designated place where it is meant to be. But if, for example, in our case where the spit comes from the mouth, so that is the place where spit and saliva emanates from. So even if it is less than 4 by 4 tefachim, since that is its place, you would be chayav in these cases. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Huda has a stringency, Even somebody whose saliva has been detached in his mouth, meaning he's gathered some saliva in his mouth, which is enough which he would usually spit out. He is not allowed to walk for four amas in Eirushasarabim until he spits it out. According to Behud, it is no longer considered to be part of your body, and it's like you're carrying something in your mouth, and so you cannot carry it for more than four amas, so therefore you need to spit it out before walking for four amas in the Eirushasarabim. One is not allowed to stand in a private domain and drink something in the in the public domain. And you cannot stand in a public domain and drink something in the in the private domain. The reason being that we're concerned that as he is drinking, he might forget himself for a moment and he might come to bring the drink into the domain in which he is standing, or perhaps while he's drinking it, he might come to move back into his domain in which case he would be transferring something from one domain into another. However, there is a solution. Unless he brings in his head and the majority of his body into the place, into the domain in which he is drinking. So then, since he is mostly in that new domain anyway, we're not concerned that he's going to come and bring it back into his original domain, because most of himself is now in the new domain, where he is actually drinking. Now the Mishnah adds v'chein bagas, the same applies to a wine press. And the Mishnah is not referring to a halacha related to Shabbos over here, but rather a halacha related to maestros, to tithes. The halacha is that midaraisa, one is only obligated to tithe his produce once it has been fully processed and it has been the, all the work has been completed. Until then, you are allowed to eat at midaraisa. Midirabonon, you're not allowed to have it as a formal and proper meal. But if you have it in an informal manner, as a sort of snack, then it is permitted. So if there is wine which is being pressed in a wine press, but there are still a few stages to go for it to be fully processed. So with Arisa, you would be allowed to drink it already from now. With Rabbonon, you're only allowed to drink it as a snack. 
Now, how do we define what is considered to be a snack and an informal way of drinking? What is considered to be a formal, regular way of drinking? So the Mishnah says the same thing as we said over here. That if you put, if you lean over and so that your head and most of your body is over the wine press, it's over the pit in which the wine is currently. So then that's considered a very informal way of drinking. It's not considered a fixed meal or anything. And therefore it's permitted. However, if you bring the wine away from the wine press and then you drink it, so then it will be forbidden midrabonon because that is considered a more formal and fixed and regular way of drinking the wine. All right, next part of the Mishnah. One is allowed to collect water from a gutter, which is by the roof of the house, if it is below 10 fachim from the ground. So in those days, the roofs were mostly flat and the water would end up being collected on the side of the roof in a gutter and then the water would flow through the gutter and then drip down on the side of the gutter. Now the gutter was within three tfachim of the house, of course. It was right next to the house and connected to it. And because it is all within three tfachim of the house, it is considered to be part of the Rishus HaYochid. And because of that, it is forbidden for somebody to place a container or to place his hands right next to the gutter so that he'll catch the water. Because if you put it right next to the gutter, literally at the edge of the gutter, then you're considered to be taking something from a Rishus HaYochid into a Rishus HaRabin. However, the point of the Mishnah is that if you don't put your hands or the container right next to the gutter, but you allow it to drop, and then in the middle of the air you place the container there, then it is permitted. And it's important to realize the Mishnah does not mean that you can only do so if it's below 10 Tfachim. It means that even if it's below 10 Tfachim, if you catch the water in mid-air but above 10 Tfachim, then certainly that's okay because the area above Erosh's Harabim, above 10 Tfachim, is known as a Mokim Ptur, an exempt area where there are no carrying restrictions at all. The point of the Mishnah is that even if it's within the Rosh Harabim, you're still allowed to catch the water because since you're not taking it from the Rosh Hayochid into the Rosh Harabim, rather the water is already in the Rosh Harabim. So in that case it will be permitted. Umin Hatzinar, says the Mishnah, with regards to taking water from a pipe, this refers to a pipe which extends downwards from the roof and then it juts outwards. So it goes down vertically and then horizontally it goes outwards away from the house so that when the water actually comes out of the pipe, it is further away than three tfachim from within the house. And because of that, it is not considered to be part and secondary to the Rosh of the house. And therefore, one is allowed to drink or collect the water from any place, meaning you could even put the container or your hands right next to the edge of the pipe, because it is anyway not considered to be part of the Rosh anymore. Now, the Mishnah listed the leniency of the pipe over the gutter, that whereas by the gutter you cannot put the container right next to the gutter, but you have to catch it in midair, when it comes to the pipe, you're allowed to catch it even right next to the pipe. But the truth is there is a case where the pipe is equally as stringent as the gutter, and that is if the pipe ends up above 10 tfachim from the ground. If it's above 10 tfachim from the ground, then Midrabon on it is forbidden to place the container right next to it. The reason being that as soon as it's above 10 tfachim from the ground, it could technically be a Rishus HaYochid itself. It's true that it's not part of the house as the house is Rishus HaYochid, but if the pipe itself was at least 4 by 4 tfachim and above 10 tfachim from the ground, then it would become a Rishus HaYochid itself. 
Now, certainly in any case where the pipe is 4 by 4 tfachim, whether it be above 10 tfachim or below 10 tfachim from the ground, it will be forbidden to place the container right next to the pipe because that's literally taking from Rosh Hayochin into Rosh Zarabim. So the pipe which the Mishnah is talking about is a pipe which is less than 4 by 4 tfachim. However, if it's above 10 tfachim from the ground, then with Jabonon, even if it is smaller than 4 by 4 tfachim, it is still forbidden to place the container right next to the pipe in case you'll come to do so with a pipe which is 4x4 tefachim. So if it's below 10 tefachim, then you can, because even if the pipe would be 4x4 tefachim, it would not be Yerushayachim because it's lower than 10 tefachim from the ground. But if the pipe already is above 10 tefachim from the ground, then it is forbidden to catch the water directly from the pipe in case you come to do so with a pipe which is 4x4 tefachim. That having been said, you are always allowed to catch the water in midair whether it be below tf- 10 tefachim or above 10 tefachim. Mr. Zayn, Medjabonon, it is forbidden to carry something from one private domain into another via a Rishus Harabim, via a public domain. So, for example, if there was a pit of water in a public domain, and the pit is, let's say, at least 4 by 4 tefachim with a depth of 10 tefachim, so it's considered a Rishus So if that pit is at least 4 tefachim away from, the, from a house which is next to the Rishus Harabim, then somebody inside the house could not fill up water from the pit and draw it up, let's say, and bring it up through a window into the house because that would be taking the water from the pit, which is a Rishus HaYochid, through the Rishus HaRabim, and then into his Rishus HaYochid. If the area in between the pit and the house was less than Fort Fachim, then that whole area in between them would not even be considered a Rishus HaRabim because it's too narrow for people to really use very frequently not easy to use, so it would not qualify as a Rishus HaRabim, but we're talking about a case where it was at least four Tfachim away. So that's forbidden. However, the Mishnah says that Bo Rishus HaRabim, if the pit which is in the public domain, the and it's Chulyo, which is the wall around the pit, above the ground, when they would build the, when they would dig the pit, all the earth which they would take out of the pit, they would sometimes make a wall around the pit, above the ground, from all of that earth. So if this wall around it, if this chulya was was at least 10 tfachim high, in that case, one is allowed to fill up water from the pit on Shabbos and bring it up into the, into the window which is above it. The reason being that there is no way that throughout this process of filling up water from the pit and bringing it up into your window, there's no way you're going to pass through Eirushos Harabim. Because even if there is at least four tefachim in between the pit and the house, as we have learned many times already, a Rishos Rabbim only goes up to a height of ten tefachim. So if the wall around the pit is already ten tefachim high, then the bucket is going to go into the pit, which is already into the Rishos HaYochid, and as soon as it has left the pit, it's already above ten tefachim. So even if you then pass it towards the window, that is all happening above ten tefachim from the ground, and therefore you're not passing something through a Rishos Rabbim, Rather, you are passing something through a Mokim Ptur, an exempt area where the restrictions of carrying do not apply at all. Alright, similar example now. Ask Harabim if there is a large garbage heap in a public domain. It's a large heap and lots of people use it. So it's at least 10 Tfachim high and 4 by 4 Tfachim. And because lots of people use it, we're not concerned that it's going to become smaller than that. It's very rarely cleared away. And because of that, we assume it's going to remain as a Rishus HaYochid for as long as we know. So as a Rishus HaRabim, if there is a garbage heap in a public domain, which is 10 Tfachim high at least, and 4 by 4 Tfachim, the window which is above it, 
meaning which is sort of above and next to it, not directly above. They're allowed to pour water into the garbage heap on Shabbos from the window. Since once again, since this is above 10th Fochem, they're never going to reach the Rishorabim. You won't have transferred something from Erish Tayochid into Erish Tayochid, but rather from Erish Tayochid into Erish Tayochid via a mocking Patur, and it is therefore permitted. A tree which is covering the ground, the branches go upwards and then sort of droop down over the ground. If its branches are not three tefachim above the ground, meaning that the branches are within three tefachim from the ground, one is allowed to carry underneath the branches, because anything which is in three tefachim of something else, by the principle of lovud, is considered connected and touching it. So we view it as if the branch goes down all the way to the ground, and so the area underneath the branch is considered to be like a Rishos a private domain, such that you would be allowed to carry underneath that branch. Now with Jabonon, it is forbidden to climb a tree, or even to use a tree, on Shabbos. This is known as Mishtamish Pe'ilon. And the reason for this rabbinic prohibition is in case he comes to break off a twig, or break off a branch, this is more common when he is ca- when he is climbing the tree, but even to use the tree is forbidden midrabanon on Shabbos. If the roots of a tree are at least three tefachim above the ground, often the roots of trees come above the ground as well. So if there's at least three tefachim above the ground, then lo one is not allowed to sit on the roots because that will be considered using the tree. Now, if it's less than three tefachim, then it's considered as if you're just using the ground. The roots are part of the ground, but as soon as the roots are at least three tefachim above the ground, then it's considered to be the tree and not the ground, such that it will be forbidden Medjabonon to sit on those roots. Now, the last part of this mission discusses various doors or parts of walls which are filled in. For example, Adelishabab Mukze, a door of a storage room, and because a storage room is not used very often, the door wasn't a regular door which you can just open and close, rather you would actually take off the entire door in order to go inside, and then you would place the door back on, not necessarily in a professional manner, you would sort of push the door back in back in place. The Chadokim Shibapiritza, or thorns which are in an opening of a wall, if there was an opening in a wall and you wanted to close it off, so often they would put thorns there, or they would make some sort of wall out of thorns, and when they wanted to open up that place, they would take it all off, and then put it back on again. But it's not just like opening and closing a door, they would literally take off the entire door and then put it back on. Or mats made out of reeds, again they would literally take off the entire mat, which served as a door, and then put it back on. So the Mishnah says, a Nerlin Bohemian is not allowed to close the opening of the wall with these things on Shabbos, because it is considered to be building. It's very similar to building, or literally adding on a door, or you're building up the wall. However, Elohim Kein Givoimin Oretz, unless they are high above the ground, meaning if they are tied to, let's say, the roof, or to the top of the wall or something, such that even when you take off the door, you don't place the door onto the ground, rather the door is suspended in the air from the top of the wall. So in that case, to put the wall back, to put the door back in place, is not considered to be building because it was always part of the wall, and it is clear that you're not building it right now.